Star Coaches, just a quick note before this week's awesome show. Are you aware that we're more than halfway through 2020? And if you're an ICF credentialed coach, you are on a three-year cycle for recredentialing, and those cycles come up in December. So my challenge to you is to check your timeline, see where you are, and what those requirements are. If you are still in need of mentor coaching or need more core competency continuing education hours, the time is now to join the mentor program because mentoring has to go over at least three months. I have a mentor program that's open right now. Early bird rates are still in effect but time is limited and space is definitely limited. So if you're interested in joining us to build those coaching muscles, to learn more about the new core competencies, to spend time in a small group setting with some fabulous like-minded professionals, be sure to check out the program at starcoachshow.com forward slash mentor. That's starcoachshow.com forward slash mentor. M-E-N-T-O-R. Would love to have you join us. And now let's go to this week's show. You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 196. Whatever you're priming your brain to see, it will then see. So in regards to prosperity, you are saying, I want an abundance of amazing clients that all want to have more transformation and more life and joy in their lives. You start priming your brain to listen for and look for that. So now when you are at a networking event, your brain is looking for that kind of energy. It's looking for those words and it's looking for that kind of client that then is a perfect match. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and I have a confession to make. I believe that each and every one of us can, and I'm going to shit on us, should focus on continuing to develop our skills and our confidence and our competence in coaching every single day. And I believe that having sustainable, profitable, healthy businesses help us show up better with our clients because we're able to focus on our clients and not the worry of paying the bills or how we're going to get our next client. And that is a major motivation for me creating this show. Now, those of you who have been with us for a while know that. You know that Each and every week, we're going to share strategies, tools, and resources, the acronym for STAR, with all of you who show up to help you build those coaching muscles and build those businesses and be 
confident and competent as you approach people about the impact that coaching can have. To that end, I couldn't have a more perfect guest for you this week. I am honored to spend time with Ursula Pottinga today. She is the co-founder of Be Above Leadership and is the co-developer and leader of a popular program for advanced coaches around the neuroscience of coaching. And today we're going to be talking about the neuroscience of prosperity, which is something that Ursula does as the president of Profound Growth. She works with people around legacy, around prosperity topics. And today we're going to look at how we marry those two sides of our brains to help us create the kind of prosperity that we want in our lives. We're going to talk about how we prime the brain, how we manifest what it is that we're looking for, and that it's not a magical thing. We have to put the work into it. We have to put the strategy into it. Ursula is such a light for all of us, and it was such a joy to spend time with her that I am both honored and delighted to present her interview to you. So let's go ahead and jump into the interview around the neuroscience of prosperity with Ursula Pottinga. Ursula, welcome to Star Coaches. Hi, it's so good to see you. Yes, likewise, Meg. So appreciative to be here. Well, you are, you know, when people ask, I want to know more about neuroscience and coaching, who should I talk to? I'm always like, be above leadership. Ann Betts, Ursula Puttingham are like the experts in the field. And then I'm so blessed that you're kind of come and talk to us today about the neuroscience of prosperity. Like, wow, who doesn't want, so, you know, we think about coaching and many times my experience is that coaches love to coach. They love to connect with their clients and then they might have some belief systems or some blocks about prosperity and about making money that end up getting in the way of them being able to serve their clients. Because if we don't make money coaching, we got to make money doing something else. You're right. <laughs> so when you thing. said, let's talk about the prosperity, neuroscience of prosperity, I thought, let's, let's bring that forward. So where do we want to start with that? Well, I think I want to start really sort of um, doing a little bit of a sales pitch on neuro- neuroscience, if you will. You know, it sounds Many people, and especially coaches who are very heart-centered, often very spiritually inclined, they think neuroscience and have some maybe opinions or beliefs about, oh, it's all scientific, cold, hard facts. And so what I want to say that, that neuroscience gives a coach the ability to understand how their brain, their heart, and their body works in conjunction or not depending on what is happening, you know, in, in this, in this situation. And I think that neuroscience gives people what I call the user's manual to the human brain. So, you know, when you order something on Amazon, like say a new toaster or a new vacuum cleaner, you know, you have to build it together and you get a user's manual most of the right. time. 
And in order to build it together, you read it so that you can build it together properly. Well, we don't get a user's manual to our own brain. So understanding what happens here and in the heart and in the body is super important to create any kind of fulfilling life, including prosperity. So important. So rather than it being just all cold, hard science, in fact, it's very heart-centered. It's very, very flow in all of these aspects of that we need to bring forward to be most effective. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you know, there's the brain and the science of the brain. And then what is fascinating, the heart also has neurons that yes. are very similar to the neurons that you have in your head the research of the HeartMath Institute, if the listeners are interested in what, how, where the research comes from, really clearly shows that our heart and our gut have neurons. So there is an intelligence in the body and in the brain. So these systems need to talk together. And that is what the, that understanding will help greatly in creating prosperity. Oh, good. So when you say prosperity, like what are some of the things that, that come to mind for you that we're going to be kind of focusing in on? Well, I think there, there are a couple of really important factors about prosperity. And um, there are many people out there that have written books and, you know, movies even about, you know, manifesting and abundance. And many years ago, when I became a, a prosperity guide, and I've been a coach now for 20 years. I really thought, you know, there is more to creating prosperity than just visualizing and visualizing and visualizing. There is more to it. And so one aspect of the neuroscience of prosperity really gives us this beautiful integrated look at how to create prosperity that is both structure and freedom. So structure is how the left hemisphere of your brain processes information and how the left hemisphere sees the world is planning. It's very specific. It's very kind of goal oriented. It's very narrow. And then the right hemisphere, which is sort of freedom, looks at the bigger picture, metaphors, heart, connection, images, and all that. So sort I think that many dreamer people, part of us, that, that the dreamer, vision, yeah, the, the, part, the yeah. visionary. So yeah. you know, I, I call the right hemisphere is the visionary, and then the left hemisphere is the strategist. Okay. And when and when you bring them together, that is what creates the beginning of prosperity. So you can't just have a marketing plan and a to do list without the visionary and the feel and the color and the the flow of it. Yeah. And vice versa, if you just do right hemisphere, big picture and how beautiful the dream is, but you never look at the strategy and the steps forward, that prosperity dream, that goal, whatever it is, you will never be able to move forward. So, you know, understanding that your two sides of your brain need to work together is really important. Super important. Now, is there a beginning, like one needs to come before the other? Or how do you marry those two sides of the brain? I think that is such a great question. And, you know, the way I start in my prosperity work is always like, you can't manifest or you can't have prosperity or, you know, whatever it is you want, whether it's, you know, money, a bigger business, more clients, more love, more respect, more health, doesn't matter. 
the first step to it is clarity. So there is, that is more, again, it's more of an integrated approach. You have to look at, you know, the vision and the dream and create a wonderful sort of emotional connection Mm -hmm. to it. And then there is the left hemisphere who also analyzes it and goes, well, here's the evidence of what isn't working. And here's the evidence what doesn't work. So you have, again, these two sides of your brain working together because sometimes, you know, when I ask clients, you know, what is the dream and what do you want to manifest? They go, well, you don't really know. And many of them said, well, I know what I don't want. So isn't that the case? Like, I know exactly what I don't want. I don't want to be in Los Angeles right now. Well, that only leaves a bazillion places where we do want to be, or we could want to be. It's so much easier. And so that's a little bit of the left hemisphere analysis, you know? So you need to, it's almost like, you know, I often have them make a, like a little checklist, you know, all the things they don't want, you know? And then if you flip that around on the other side of that same coin is then, okay, if you don't want that, what do you want? What do you want instead? Exactly. And so yeah. in building on this a little bit, Mac, is also this whole concept of form and experience. So form is, I don't want to be in Los Angeles. That's a form. Los Angeles is a place, going on a plane or in a car is just the form. And that's more left hemisphere. The left hemisphere processes things that are mechanical and are, you know, like table chairs, that kind of thing. Right. And then the right hemisphere processes experiences, the emotion. So the form, I don't want to be in Los Angeles is like, you know, the opposite of that is, well, where would you want to be? Right. And that could be then a place, you know, it could be, you know, I want to be in Arizona, let's say. Well, that's a form. And then you need to look underneath, well, what is the emotion of not wanting to be in Los Angeles? And what is the emotion of, wanting to be in our Arizona. And then from that emotional side is, well, is it really a place or is it something else? Okay. So just a quick note here for all of you Los Angeles people. It just (laughs) popped into my head. I have nothing against Los Angeles. It's a lovely place. And so, so tapping into the, how do we then tap into what's underneath? Yeah. Well, can I use you as a guinea pig? Oh, sure. Let's guinea pig. <laughs> so, and again, you know, I've, I love California, been to Los Angeles and San Francisco and the whole coast many times and love California. So please, you know, yeah. it's just an yeah. example. This, this is just an example, people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> please don't flood the phone lines. <laughs> Um, So what is the reason you do not want to be going to Los Angeles right now? Well, first of all, I'm not traveling right now because of the the virus, but I just have always felt like Los Angeles is too full of people who are fake. Mm, Okay. Uh, And this is not, again, you listeners are not inclo- enclosed and included in this statement. <laughs> right. This is, this is merely this is me role-playing it. This is just us role-playing. Oh, that is just a film industry. Um, so um, what would you rather want? You know, I really want to be in an area that is inclusive and connected and that there's like warmth and where I feel like people care about one another. Mm. What's the emotion that it gives you? 
when you're in a place safety. Like that. Safety is ah, what came up for safety. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So safety is the emotion, inclusive, you know, this warm feeling. Um, how can you get that without leaving your house? Well, you know, I could connect with people. I think that when we're isolated, we can feel less connected. So I need to be more intentional about reaching out to people and connecting with people. That's one of the reasons why I love doing these interviews. I get to connect in such a great way. And just, you know, uh, there's some friends of mine that I haven't talked to in probably six weeks because I've just been sort of shut down and isolated. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see that it's actually got nothing to do with the place. Right. What your heart wants is connection, warmth, safety, being with friends, having fun, you know, and all that. Well, there are other ways of creating that. Uh, you know, your radio show is one of them. And then, you know, there's probably many other ways that you can have that emotion and that feel without going on a plane, without even getting in a car. So that's really um, one of the places to look is if I want to create abundance, mm-hmm. what are the emotions that I really want? And not look so much at the form because when we get stuck in the form, it gets very narrow and very specific and we lose some of the creativity. And the creativity that's really more of a, an integrated place of mm-hmm. right hemisphere and left hemisphere. So it's really looking at, well, is it a form, but what's the emotion underneath the form? So good. So let me just, if, if I could push forward with that around prosperity. So if we're saying, if somebody is saying that they want the security of a stable income, like prosperity for them is not worrying every day whether they're going to have enough clients to be able to stay in practice. When you say form versus sort of the feeling that goes with it, would form be if they get caught up in the kinds of things that they do to bring in money? Or I don't know, like what, yeah. what would yeah. the form so really, be? Really good question. So the form around uh, prosperity as it relates to, to sort of business development and a coaching practice is, you know, prosperity is 10 clients, you know, uh, 45 minutes and, you know, charging $200 and, you know, the niche is executives because they can pay most. That's all form. Okay. But then going back and saying, okay, what is the experience of a full coaching practice? What does that give you? Well, it could be safety, security, but it could also be, oh, joy and fulfillment. And I get to talk to all these cool people and, you know, and then looking at, well, who are the cool people? Like what, what kind of personalities do they have? What kind of energies do they bring? What kind of topics are you passionate about? So it's all about passion, impact, fulfillment. What does that all feel like? And once people have figured that out, then they can go back to structure and go, oh, maybe I don't want to coach, you know, 10 executives. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I really want to coach women around diversity because that lights me up. 
And the more that we tap into what lights us up and really get that vision, what I like what you said is that form clamps down on creativity. So if we can live in that space a little bit longer, what new options might become available, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. And for coaches working with clients, this is also useful because, you know, when, when, for example, when a client comes to me and they want to do a career change, now I don't do a lot of career coaching, but I know I have clients who are coaches who do that. Right. Very often the client comes to the call and says, you know, I want to be a marketing manager in a Fortune 500 company. That's all form. What is it that you want? What lights you up? It could have nothing to do with marketing. Maybe they want to open a flower shop. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, I think we get so trained into labels you know, the title, the number of, you know, the the kind of industry, the size of the industry that we forget, well, is it really, what's about marketing that's lighting you up? Maybe it's connection or creativity. It could be something completely different. And I have seen people look at their careers and go, oh my goodness, now I know why I'm not happy. But it first involves unlocking that piece or giving yourself permission to play on that side. Yes. Yes. Is to really look at, okay, this is the form, but what's underneath it? What is the experience, which is, you know, this, this right left hemisphere uh, piece of integration. So when we are thinking about what we do to kind of tap into prosperity using our neuroscience. So we talked about sort of priming the brain. Can you tell us a little bit more about how we prime our brains? Oh yeah. That's a, that's a really, that's a really fascinating aspect of our brain. It's got a really fancy name and it makes me sound very smart. So I'm going to give it to you and then edit. (laughs) It's called the reticular activation system, RAS. And what that does in the brain, it basically hones in to what it has primed to see. So I was sharing with you the example of my red car. You know, I thought I I bought a, we bought a red car like a couple of years ago and I thought, oh good, red cars, they're really rare. There's black and white and silver and that's basically it. Well, the other day I go to the grocery store and I kid you not, I was surrounded by four red cars and I went, (laughs) why did I never notice this? This is the reticular activation system. My brain is now primed because I have a red car. That Mm -hmm. is where my focus is. It now actually sees the red cars. So whatever you're priming your brain to see, it will then see. So in regards to prosperity, you are saying, I want an abundance of amazing clients that all want to have more transformation and more life and joy in their lives, you start priming your brain to listen for and look for that. So now when you are at a networking event, your brain is looking for that kind of energy. It's looking for those words and it's looking for that kind of client that then is a perfect match. So that's the upside. But the downside is we often also prime our brain to look for the things that we don't want. (laughs) Because the brain doesn't necessarily hear the not word or don't. It it just, once you, 
once you introduce the idea, it's the idea it holds on to, not the do or the, the no, don't. It, has, it does not care. It doesn't care that you have put a knot in there. <laughs> I don't. It just goes, oh, prime, prime, prime. You know, we are not wanting this. We're not wanting that. And so then it starts looking for the not wanting and it's going to give you the not wanting. Isn't that fascinating? It is. It and it happens again and again. I see it. I it is so true. I mean, this isn't like a bunch of baloney kind of stuff. No, I mean, this is like solid science it's stuff. Solid, it's solid science. It is proven. There is the reticular activation system, you know, and it does a lot of other things. But you know, I found that fascinating because it so relates to prosperity. You know, and uh, you know, in the prosperity world, you know, people say, you know. What you're looking for, you will find. Well, that's true. But when you know why, that it is a part of your brain, and here is what it does. It works on priming. It works on focus. It works on focused attention. You then understand why this is so, rather than a somewhat elusive statement of, well, what you're looking for, you're going to get. Right. So what would you say to people, since the brain once you feed it the information, it's going to look for it, whether it's positive or negative, it's going to look for it. So what do you say to clients to help them reduce the not wanting thing and increase what they do want? You know, that is a really, um, that is a really subtle journey on many levels. And I think this is why the creation of prosperity is not as easy as people make you believe. And again, brain related. It's not like that. And I think many people get frustrated by the notion that it should be. So it's paradoxical. What you are not wanting, what is hard to be with, frustration, anxiety, is there to give you information. So to push it aside and exist that, or pretend that it doesn't exist is actually counter brain maintenance because your brain also knows that it's there. And you can't you, lie to your brain. You can't lie to your brain. That is what is called suppression. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. It's going to give you the stress chemicals, whether you pretend it's there or not, it doesn't matter. You're going to get the stress chemicals. So there is huge value in first unfolding and unpeeling all the things that you're worried about, you're anxious about, give it a name, put it on the table. Okay. And then you can use that to say, okay, I am anxious about that. And what I want is this. So there is this beautiful journey of looking at here are the sort of uh, hard to be with emotions. Mm-hmm. Here's how I can transform them. And from there, I can create what I really want. That so, is so good. So we, we can't just kind of put a lid on it and pretend that it's not there. And Not a good and, thing. Not a good idea. Because... That connection between heart and head, when our emotions are particularly strong, that's going to influence more than something that is not emotionally connected, right, with our brain? Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, personal relevance is sort of has become my battle cry. So, you know, you wire beliefs, actions, thoughts into your brain on a daily basis over, you know, for however long you've lived. I mean, it just happens. You know, you have a thought. You act on that thought, you repeat, 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 and it creates connections and a roadway in your brain. In your brain. 
And the brain, again, doesn't care whether these are roadways that serve you and are full of potholes or whether it's a beautifully paved highway where you've got free flow. It, mm-hmm. The brain doesn't care. It just wires. Personal relevance is the key to making changes in your neural pathways. Okay. If it is not personally relevant, change is almost impossible to sustain. You know, think about, you know, losing weight, for example, or mm-hmm. being fitter or whatever. If it is not truly emotionally relevant for some bigger reason other than a should, mm-hmm. you'll do it for a month or two or three, and then you give up on it. And then you get the should again, you know, six months later and you start again. You have to find a deep, deep personal relevance in order to make a change. So how does this relate to coaching and prosperity? you have to find a deeply personal relevant reason why you would want what you would want. And that is usually around making a difference, being of service, deep passion, something that it fills you with joy and delight. That look there, that Mm -hmm. there you will find your personal relevance. And from there you can create all the change in the world because it'll make it stick. Oh, so good. What else do we want to be sure that we understand about the impact of what's happening in our brain chemistry, what's happening in our neuroscience to help us create the kind of life that we want? Yeah, it's, I think, uh, to understand that we cannot make clear and sound decisions when we feel worried or anxious. If you have any kind, you all, we all, I should say, not only you all, but we all, (laughs) if we have any kind of anxiety around money, for example, you know, money, money can be a tough conversation to have. Right. And especially in the coaching spiritual realm, because there are some beliefs that, you know, if you're really spiritual and you want to serve people, you shouldn't be charging for them, for charging for that. So they, it's really those worrisome, doubtful thoughts and emotions create a chemical cocktail in your brain and in your body that have a huge impact on the effectiveness of your executive brain, which is the prefrontal cortex that's right here. The prefrontal cortex is amongst other things, is in charge of empathy, goal direction, delaying gratification, and memory encoding and retrieval. Wow, it's busy. It is an executive. It's the executive of your brain. It knows which goals to pursue, what memories you have that it's useful, what memories you want to build in there, and empathy, which I think is a huge piece, not only for other people, but also for yourself. Right. So the brain chemicals that get released, the stress chemicals that get released when you're worried, anxious, you know, hopeless, you know, fearful, frustrated, they have a huge impact on the executive function. So the more, the calmer you can be, the more grounded you can be, the clearer your head will be in regards to what really truly is the goal I want to pursue. How is that useful to myself and to others? How would I charge? There is a different clarity around money, amongst Mm -hmm. other things, when we can deal with our worries and shift some of that 
into a more, you know, effective belief system. So good. Because I think money, I mean, it's just money is just a form. Right. But we attach all sorts of all meaning to it. And many of it comes from our childhood. Mm -hmm. So in the neuroscience of prosperity, we also look at, you know, how did you grow up? What were the first messages you got about money? Were they positive or were they like negative? And what kind of messages, you know, have you grown up with that we then buy into and we just sort of repeat that then creates a neural pathway around how to create money that can either be serving us or, or not depending, you know, what we've, what we've got in here, basically. Exactly. And the other thing that I really want to point out, because this comes up at least, you know, a couple times a year, if not more with me, is, is a coach who quits their job or goes into coaching because they've lost their job. And they have this incredible need to make an income immediately from their coaching. Well, that, to me, creates a lot of scarcity and fearfulness and overwhelm and blocks down, to your point, the ability to create, the ability to really be the kind of of coach that you want to be. So I'll say again and again, you know, create income another way at first and create that security for yourself so that when you're building your business, you can truly build what you want rather than swirl around the fearful in the, the absolutely I, I think this is a really good point mac and and here's another sort of brain tidbit we have something called mirror neurons in our brain and they are in our brains so that we can understand and feel each other they are the mirror neurons of empathy mm-hmm. so this is the great thing about coaching as coaches we have very well developed mirror neurons The challenge with this is if you are building a coaching practice from scarcity and you have a conversation with a client, with a potential client, you know, and what I would call an enrollment conversation, right? and you feel some of that anxiety or or you really want this client. You're really attached to that outcome. Really attached to the outcome. Yeah, thank you, Mac. That's a really good point. You're really attached to this outcome. You might not be saying this. But because of our mirror neurons of empathy and how we, how our brains and our heart connection also pick up on what the other person is feeling, trust me when I say the other person will feel where you come from. So that again speaks to what you are saying. It is much better to have a financial safety net and start building your coaching practice where you have an income that pays your bills, even if it's a job that you don't like, do not worry about it. Don't give because it up. Because it's a means to an end. It's a means to an end. Hang in there. Start building your coaching practice from the safety and passion place. That will make that happen much faster than when you quit and, you know, all I want to be is coaching my pajamas and the clients will come. It's not as easy as that because your anxiety and, and whatever you might be feeling will be felt by the client and it is a repellent rather than an an attractor. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because it just, I just think that coaches need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of the thing beneath the thing and that we also project that and, and that, that can, that's not an attraction to clients. 
Well, you know, I want to sort of point to you. I mean, you have this very unattached, easy, delightful energy. So, of course, people want to be on your show. I mean, I'm sure they're lining up, you know, and why wouldn't they? Because, you know, there's also no attachment. I mean, when we first talked, it was like, whatever works for you. And yes, I'd be for it, but, you know, I leave it up to you. That is hugely attracting rather than somebody who is fearful and says, oh, I have to have X amount of, you know, show interviews and I need to get this person. I would feel that and it would repel me. So good for you. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I would love now, because we're coming down to the end of our time. So can you tell us a little bit about Be Above Leadership and what you guys do and, and... Sure. Services you offer for coaching? Yeah, I would love to. So um, I'm, you know, the co-founder of Be Above Leadership and then actually my my best friend forever, Ann Betts, and my business partner was interviewed also by Meg. Yeah, she was episode 101 for anybody who wants to listen to Ursula's partner and did a lovely job as well. Yeah, neuroscience. And so we have an advanced coaching program um, really bringing neuroscience consciousness and transformational coaches to trained, experienced coaches. And we've just launched a virtual program. Our website is beaboveleadership.com. And then my specialty is the neuroscience of prosperity. And you can find me under profoundgrowth.com. Oh, so good. Thank you for (laughs) spending time with us, using me as a guinea pig, being able to explore all the incredible things that we are learning that happen in our brains and how profound that is. Well, thank you, Meg, for having me. It's a fascinating topic, and I hope that people get a lot out of uh, our conversation. I'm sure they will. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. I had such a delightful time with Ursula. I hope that each of you are thinking now about how you're thinking about prosperity and how to create the kind of flow and energy towards the prosperity that you want. If you'd like to know more about Ursula and her programs, go to starcoachshow.com. Episode 196, show notes will have the links to connect with Ursula. And I want to invite you back for next week's show, where I am visiting with speaker, author, mentor. He is just phenomenal. Adam Carroll talks to me about ways to build a business successfully. And I will tell you that the kinds of strategies that come out of this show next week are really gobsmacking. I mean, there's just a lot of great information in this show. He's built several successful businesses himself and projects, and he brings all of this information forward and gives you really actionable things that you can do to build a business. So that's next week, Adam Carroll on the Star Coach Show. If you are getting value from the show and enjoying the show, please leave a rate and review at Apple Podcasts. Every successful rate and review that we get 
brings more coaches to the show. And we are so close to episode 200. And I really want to top 100 reviews by show 200. We've got a ways to go, guys. So jump in there and help me out, please. There's a link on how to leave a review at Apple Podcasts at starcoachshow.com. Until next week, I wish you the very best for your coaching success. Stay safe, be well, and we'll see you next week.